Hello, you're listening to Dragonfly Heart Medicine Radio, a place where like-minded people come together to discuss spirituality, awakening, plant medicine. Got it. Perfect. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and for Dragonfly Heart Medicine Radio, and it's been quite a while, been a year since I've put anything out there. Um, but I am back and super excited to be relaunching the podcast. And we have our guest today, Matthew Sindler, and he is going to open up a little bit about a lot of things. Um, we kind of chit chatted a little bit before the podcast, and I'm really excited for him to share his wealth of information that he has developed throughout his life and throughout his healing journey. So, Matthew, you want to just start and tell us a little bit about yourself and why you wanted to be a guest on the podcast. Oh, my name is Matthew. Uh, I am here to share a little bit of uh, my journey and my knowledge. And um, gosh, I guess I'll just start um, maybe in the Bahamas as a young man. Um, I believe that um, we're all born, you know, loving beings of light. And then um, we experience life. And uh, I'm pretty sure the first, uh, they always say the first, what's it back in the day? The first gateway drug was marijuana. Well, that's pretty funny now because it wasn't. It isn't now and it wasn't then. It's trauma. So I think of the things, you know, the, along the way that, you know, created trauma in my life in just certain instances. And when I look back, you know, they highlight themselves. But I guess my journey more comes through um, the chemicals of um, Big Pharma, which back then, you know, it wasn't focused on. It was a long time ago when I was eight years old. I was put on Hycodin and Tussinex. It's an opiated cough syrup, which... Um, it's like morphine and sugar, basically. And um, so, yeah, they put me on opiates when I was eight years old. It worked good for my asthmatic bronchial. But, um, you know, I remember, I can remember the way the sugar on the bottle kind of coagulated on the cap and it tasted terrible. I remember that taking it as a little boy and then lying in the bed, you know, sleeping and not coughing kind of in and out. I was high. I was opiated. And that lasted for a lot of years. Um, I outgrew the asthma and uh, had stomach issues from the opiates. And that's when I started smoking marijuana, which was great for stomach problems because it is a medicine. And, um, you know, that kind of started it off, you know. And as we all back then, you know, I'm going back to the 80s now, the good old 80s. I miss the 80s. Um, I wasn't you know, even born in the 80s. It's crazy to think about. But. <laughs> yeah, but, but, focus on health or understanding of anything back then, medicines or traumas or anything like that. It was just kind of winging it. And quite honestly, it was a freer time, but you know, it's weird because today so much focus on it, but what are they really doing about it? So um, basically um, my opiate story gets to the wisdom teeth being removed, which I believe is a very common story and got those pain pills and um I remember taking those. I felt like that little boy in the bed when I was eight years old. And for me, opiates, the way I process things, they really worked for me. I embraced that itch, the warmth and the euphoria of opiates, and they helped me function very highly for a very long time. Um, that might sound odd to some, but um, they'd be interested to know a lot of people I met along the way that were trying to get off opiates were doctors. What type of doctors? Anesthesiologists. And when you have surgery, more importantly, the guy doing the surgery is the guy that's going to wake up afterwards. So it's it's a big problem. 
Um, and certain opiates, you know, function for certain people doesn't mean they can't do their jobs. It's when they run out of them. Um, and that's what creates the withdrawal, which creates the problem there. So, um, yeah, I was on my way to a really good, strong opiate addiction, which lasted decades for me in and out of um, rehabs, um, which I always considered a revolving door to treat symptoms because I showed up there to heal. They just had nothing to help healing, you know, at a root cause level. They treat symptoms. And, uh, you know, I fought it. You know, I went through that. I would never tell anybody not to go to some of the things they offer, such as meetings, because I believe those meetings at the core are solid. It's just was the people there. And I don't believe I'm powerless. So I didn't get it through the meetings, though. I'm sure seeds were planted there. Speaking of plants, I always saw it. And that's where I'll bring my story to in 1997 right now is to plant medicine. We all have our experiences which get us through and the lives we live, the, the stories that we tell. But my story stopped with opiates. And it was either you're going to do something about it or you're not. Because as of this day, when I sit here and I just had my 54th birthday a few days ago, I only have one. Birthday. <laughs> I am a Leo. I have one remaining friend that's alive. All the others are dead. You know what? People like to think of junkies or drug addicts as dirty street people. These are shamans, beautiful people, artists, musicians. It's just sad. People that were in pain. Everyone knows an addict, you know what I mean? We're all addicts to something, food, sex, whatever it is, everybody has it. It's the same mechanism in the brain, just a just substance or scenario. So after going to all the rehabs and revolving doors and listening to all the things I've been told that I am or the medications that were given to me that never cured me on a root cause level, but surely agitated me and might cover up something you're suffering from, but it gives you a thing of new things to have to deal with. And that's a refill. That's not a healing practice or modality to get to that root cause to fix it or to go in and pry that trauma out or God forbid, do some shadow work, you know, things like that. This is the kind of thing where I was at wit's end and came to Ibogaine, Iboga, Tabernathy Iboga is a root from Central West Africa, Gabon in particular. I was in a human clinical trial. It was not FDA sponsored, but it was FDA approved in 1997 with Dr. Deborah Mash. She is an amazing, beautiful human being that is brilliant beyond brilliance, who runs the Parkinson's research down at Jackson Memorial University of Miami. This was like one of her pet projects. And I was the 13th person in the United States treated because 13 has always been my lucky number since then. Mm -hmm. And a year later, I went back again and I was the 26th patient, which is twice 13. So I'm all about the numbers there. But basically, Ibogaine, like I said, is a root from Central West Africa. Um, and what I'll say is, um, for me, the way I feel about plant medicine is that though they are all under that medicine umbrella, and all connected, and they all come through each other and eventually bring you to the same place, each one is specifically engineered to do a specific job and Iboga is the detox plant medicine. It can be a spiritual journey, which it is. It can do all those other things for self-discovery, but in and of itself, it precisely detoxes. It will strip those receptors clean of the things that are binding to them. And in this case, I'm speaking of opiates. Um, and just for clinical stuff, um, because I was on a spectrum of them. If you're on a longer acting opioid, such as methadone, and today, sadly, a lot of people are stuck on Suboxone, which is even another nightmare. 
those are extremely difficult to get off of and you really need to get yourself over to a short acting opiate to titrate off of that and then go to the aboga. And I will just say this also, and I'll probably come to this at the end, combo, the, the frog, uh, you know, the vaccine of the rainforest is such a great tool that I didn't have advantage of in the early 90s, but now I see how it works in accordance with this detox and it's just so beautiful and gives you that complete package. But basically, ibogaine will detox you from the chemicals and your soul. And it's like sitting in front of an IMAX 3D screen, watching a video of your life, in full color, whatever you carry inside you, past, present and future, that's exactly what you're going to get. And sadly, you know, if you're a hollow, whatever kind of soul, you just might have to sit in darkness to get recalibrated. I've seen everything across the spectrum and I always get the love and light and beautiful shamanic stuff. It's awesome in the pyramids and all that. The second time, boom, man, I got put in the dark void. I thought my ride was over. I put my ski goggles up because in this case, I was in a clinical setting where you're hooked up to blood and brain. And we actually had blacked out ski goggles that you would wear because on Iboga, if I would be looking at you right now, my eyeballs would be kind of like this and I would see you, you know, in a distorted sense, but I would know that it was you. That's why there's no hallucinating. Those blacked out ski goggles go back down. Oof, now the show is on. That's internal. That's vision. That's something inside. And even though there was, out of, the Iboga is a very long journey. I mean, you really got to buckle up for that one. It was, I'd say 18 hours, give or take. And then, you know, you see the runway and you're trying to, kind of come in for a smooth landing. And um, just so you know, um, in my drug days, I've done mushrooms and, you know, some, some good acid stories or things like that. But I was not a tripper and always had a fear. With plant medicine, it was a healthy fear. So these are no joke. I come at this with the utmost of respect. But these plants have never hurt me, have never scared me, always taken care of me and felt like I was in the hands of an old friend. And that's the surrender to let the medicine find you because we are that medicine. It is in us. And that's what all these medicines tell us that it was there all along. It's just the key that helps you unlock that little door inside that either you don't know exists or you can't get in. That's what these medicines do. It doesn't give you anything that we aren't already in us, in these timelines, in any other, it's always been there. That's the beauty and of these. I love that you mentioned that um, because that's a message I've gotten pretty strongly in, you know, my work with plant medicine is that, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like remembering that we have this inside of us. And so many people, I feel like, um, just like anything, are abusing plant medicine and going to it more and more and as though all of these things exist outside of us and we constantly need to partake of the medicine to do the healing work. Um, but it's like meeting the medicine halfway and still doing our work and respecting the messages that we're receiving. So I'm really glad you brought that up. And your story is quite um, a lot. Like you went through a lot and were on a lot of different pharmaceuticals and opiates and things like that. And it's just great to hear you speaking now and you just sound very light and free from all of that. So um, feel free to was, continue. I honestly, out of all the frustration and anger and anger that I still hold, you know, I'm not done with that. I'm working on it. But 
it, it makes sense now that I had to suffer that way and go through these things to actually be right here right now to tell you and anybody else that listens, even if it's one person, no one should be stuck on opiates. No one should be stuck in a traumatized PTSD loop on a daily basis for their entire life. There are actually tools people, modalities out there that heal to a root cause level so that you can actually get on with our intended purpose of actually being on this planet, which I think most stray from, which is coming to your core, to your heart, back to that fire. I mean, this is what I talk about, you know, with the brothers that don't, we're not communicating, you know, in that sense of men with men, of men with women, of that divine masculine, divine feminine. There, there's, I see it and feel it going on right now. And I never have. Out of all the madness and all the mayhem that exists right now, I see my peoples lining up, doing the right thing. And it's like right now I got goosebumps, like running inside and out of me because I actually see it. I'm not one that did it, but the, one of the most beautiful things I saw out of COVID was everything, and I wasn't a Facebook person, but I see all those people there. They put plant medicine, save my life. I didn't do it. First, I, I said, why would they do that? They shouldn't be telling people. Well, now I know, and I'm glad they did because there is a community of people. Hey, look, no community is perfect. I see a lot of bullshit in this community, but you know what? There's a lot of bullshit in every community. It doesn't matter. There's some real truth, some real heartfelt intention, and mostly it comes out of the powerful ladies that I see doing some big work. And that's why I say the brothers got to get with the brothers, but let the ladies do what they need to do, what they used to do and what they're doing right now, and just let it rip. That's how it should be. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm saying this. And that's why you're going like that, because it's just true. And I'm grateful that you that we're here right now. There's no coincidence. I told you I would be here with you. And I am, and I love that, and I just feel good. I'm feeling the frequency of this energy right now that I know is going to go out and help people, and I love that. Absolutely. I mean, every single thing happens for a reason on our journey, on our path, and it's not always pretty, especially when we're younger and we experience trauma. Um, and I like how I love how you also mentioned getting to the root. That's what's missing a lot when we go to doctors and therapists, a lot of times we're just dealing with coping strategies for when the anxiety comes up now, what do I do? But we don't really backtrack and explore, well, where does that anxiety like come from? When was the first time we ever felt like that? Um, and I do think, you know, plant medicines do help us get to the root. Um, and they're not for everybody though, because when you sign, you sign up for that commitment, you're definitely gonna, um, you know, like you said, the IMAX, like the review of your life and, and things like that. And you need to be kind of ready to handle that. But what's waiting on the other side is so beautiful. And I have friends who haven't even touched plant medicine at all. And they prefer other pathways. Like there's just so like meditation, yoga, um, drum circles, dancing around the fire. I mean, there's so many different modalities, but at the end of the day, it's taking us right back here to the heart and to who we really are, which is these beings full of love. And um, yeah, so I would be interested in talking a little bit more about the divine feminine and masculine. Um, we mentioned, you know, seeing, witnessing all these females, all these women, all the, you know, kind of rising up into their goddess status, so to speak. And um, I got you really excited. Yeah, I'll tell you why. And I said it in a recent um, video I made. Um, the, the, the only reason I'm here is because I had a really strong um, 
and beautiful mother and grandmother. And I would be a statistic if I did not have their guidance and their love and their kindness and support. You know, I am um, not like most in certain ways, just very different. And they knew that and um, kept me safe. And that's what everyone needs, that intimacy of feeling safe, loved and supported. And because I got that and because that was instilled in my heart, you know, I can pick out real nice handbags and shoes for ladies because I'm soft like that. I'm artistic like that. I blended with the beast in me, that ego, male, competitive, I'm going to take your shit kind of stuff that comes out of the box like that. You know, it's like the world is sheeps and wolves pretty much and mostly just sheep. And there's some very dangerous wolves out there. And some people are obviously sheep and people take advantage of that in many different ways. I was very lucky to have that strength blended with that type of beauty and love because it always remained and guided me because I think on some level, everybody knows what they're doing. And that was always, and you might keep it at bay, you might numb it, but because of that truth in my heart, I never quit. And even after the medical community murdered my mother about 10 years ago, for lack of a better word, I used to do it for her. Now I do it for myself because I know better. But the past two years, I was able to basically turn around all the decades prior to that, that I almost did everything wrong, including the frequency that I was putting out. I did not know. Now I know. And once again, I reached into myself and reached out, but who did I reach to? And I will say it right now, an old shaman friend of mine that trained me 25 years ago when I was not in my best, but knew that I had the gift in me because she believed in me. She made me feel safe. I called her to ask her for something because I was afraid to do, do do combo the first time. She gave me a little meditation. I knew there was something attached to me that I could not remove myself. And they would call that Panama in the rainforest. That's what combo removes, your bad juju, your bad luck. I went and saw a woman that I studied for a year and I knew she was the right lady. As soon as I heard her a carol, she was singing at the end when I was in the river in California when I received combo the first time. It released me from that darkness for myself and it put me on the path to where I am now a few years later with all the projects I've worked on and working with combo along the way Neantu, the spirit of the rainforest who protects the rainforest, came to save my life. And that's a whole other story for another podcast, but brought me to where I am now. And in the past three months, I will just say this because all the ladies right again, including the woman who served me Bufo, saved me through creating that safe space they held for me, working with these beautiful plant medicines, in this case, these lovely, loving beautiful amphibians that have saved my, I hadn't done big plant medicine for over 10 years. I've done Bufo three times in the past three months. And that is the heart opener of all heart openers. And that's where I say, no, this medicine isn't for everyone, but it should be. Cause I can assure you if everyone at 420 today didn't smoke weed and smoke the toad, People would wake up very differently and I'm getting goosebumps all over. This world would change all for the better. We'd probably all laugh at each other, say sorry for being an asshole and get on with life because that's what it's about. Finding what's inside you 
feeling the love that you've never felt ever on that level. It's the bufo to me. It's nothing new or nothing unfamiliar. It just cranked up the ability to receive that love from yourself and how connected we all are and how silly we've all been. That's what that medicine does. There's no hallucinating. There's no seeing aliens. No, we are light beings of love. And as odd as that sounds or in the spiritual realm, it's just the truth. That's what we are. We've always been that. And if you're interested, you can go in and find that in yourself. And once you find it in yourself, it becomes very interesting to instill it and give it to others. Because as you give it, you receive it. So as quirky as that sounds, once again, it's just all the truth. And I am grateful, especially to the ladies that held that space for me all along the way, because without a single one of them, I never would have made it. Now, can I say there's some beautiful brothers along the way? Yes. But if I break it down in percentages, it's one in 10. So I have to say they're softer. They smell better. But I love the ladies. <laughs> I am here. And that is the truth. So that is the divine feminine. There needs to be balance with the divine masculine. We need to work with each other by ourselves, for ourselves, and with each other. But yeah, we need to let the ladies rip now. It's, it's been long enough, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I resonate with so much of what you're saying. And what really stuck out to me in what you just spoke up with Bufo is how it helps to open up your heart to receive more love from yourself. It's not just about receiving love from the divine. It's also about, you know, our own love, feeling love all around us from everyone, from ourselves, especially. And just talking about how important feeling safe when doing this work is and going to someone who can really hold safe, sacred space, no matter what it is you're doing. Um, and even though we're, you know, talking and sharing about these medicines, I want to just reiterate one more time. It's not for everybody at right now, you know, where you are, please, you know, definitely do your research, ask questions, reach out to people who have had experiences, you know, before you decide to do any of this, because it can sometimes bring up some uncomfortable things and have long lasting effects as you're integrating that. Yes. Um, I'm super glad you bring that up because I always, um, I'll say two things on um, the most important part of any plant medicine or the amphibians is not the medicine. It's what you do after you do that medicine. Absolutely. The integration is way more important. And that's where the actual magic happens. The medicine is just a tool to interrupt loops or cycles or to get you to the wall of the trauma to see it in a way that you can't see it. So it's very important what you do after. Um, and you would waste the medicine in a sense if you don't do that work afterwards. And yes, there's absolutely, um, it will release a lot of things over time. I mean, that's what I'm doing currently and, and working with some good people, some great ladies, you know, that um, are really helping me. Um, so even though it's not for everyone, there are ways to access these types of things without that. And quite honestly, I'm always amazed by that and, and jealous in a sense, because what a beautiful thing to be able to access without these medicines. That's a real gift in and of itself. And those stories I love to hear. So you can obviously do all these things and love yourself with or without these medicines. But yeah, definitely make sure the medicines are sourced in proper places 
and you're with good people. And honestly, and this is sad, but I always say this, but any of the um, sisters that I know, I always send them to the ladies. I just do that because that's how it is. And I, until that's different or I know different or it's a good brother that I know that really is my brother that I've been with that long. But yeah, that's how I do that. And that's why I say, you know, step back and let some of these ladies do what they need to do, what they've always done. I'm real big on that. Like I said, I, I go with my experience and where I felt safe and where I've received. And that's how it's happened for me. So that's why I kind of just hit that so hard. But um, yeah, real grateful that you, that you brought that up because um, like I said, the, the medicines are very powerful and some people are more acclimated to dealing with those medicines. And um, it's... They're not for everybody, but with the right people in the right places, because I was somebody who is not one of these type of medicine people, but I've always been cared for by the people that I went to and by the plants and the animals themselves. And I'm somebody that could be scared because it's not my thing. So I want to say that because they've always taken good care of me. And honestly, preparation and purity of intention prior to these medicines is key. And I feel that that has absolutely delivered me every time to the medicine in a good way and why I've been taken care of by the medicine, because I had that respect for the medicine and I prepared before I got there. And for the Bufo, for me, I tried to really surrender before I got to the medicine. And it was beautiful because I, and I actually learned this time to ask the actual medicine for what I need myself. And that's so simple. And all my Iboga experience of all my flood doses, I never knew that. I mean, granted, this is decades ago, but now I know. So you can literally correspond and ask the medicine which really means you're only asking yourself because we are the medicine. It's funny like that, but that is the truth. It is. And I love that you brought that up as well, because sometimes in my experiences, um, whoever's facilitating doesn't really tell you that or give you much information at all about what to expect or how to focus on your breathing when things might get intense. And they're just like, just sit there and take whatever, you know, shows up. But I've learned there's such a more gentle way in working with this medicine and asking, being more specific about what you really want. And you can kind of co-create um, the journey because at the end of the day, I don't feel like these medicines want to purposely like um, harm us or, you know, um, create things worse. Because I do know some people who have had bad experiences and who have PTSD from working, you know, with them. And it's just, there's so many layers to it, right? But the main thing is like we've already mentioned, working with someone you know and feel safe with and setting intentions and just being, you know, um, open and surrendering to the best of our abilities. And remembering that at the end of the day, we are the medicine and it is what we offer to the world. Um, and I've kind of stepped away from, you know, a lot of people focus on what is my purpose? Like, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? And in my experience right now, I've realized our only true purpose is to embody love. And then how we do that and what that shows up like can look different. Like you could, I could be a cashier at Walmart and still be spreading love to people. So I think that's also something important to think about. Sometimes we may be in a situation we don't love or we're not exactly where we want to be yet, 
but we, you know, there's still love there and we can still bring medicine and, you know, brighten people's day, no matter you know, what it is that we're actually physically I, doing. Day. And, and it's there if you actually look for it, you know, like I said, amidst the madness, the beauty is there, whether it be nature or the cashier at Walmart. You know, we all have different stations and that's why, you know, it isn't, like I said, medicine is just one tool amongst many. And I, and I look at anything that works and not everything that works for one works for another, you know, cause we all are different. That's why, you know, I'm so interested in human design. You know, those are the kind of things I wish they had taught in school. Like, and I mean like grade school, you know, cause I was not like, you know, other kids I blended in, I mirrored in well and look, but I wasn't, you know, I'm an artist. I'm a healer. I was an empath. They don't, those are words that some people don't like, but it's the truth. I just wasn't meant or built to do certain things. I was more artsy. I was more want to communicate with people and we all get lumped in and this is where you're going to go. This is where you're going to work. And that just isn't how it is. So when we find out these things, there's amazing stuff in the world. And when your heart can open, you know, cause I think our hearts have all been closed. I think, you know, when our hearts were broken that first time, our hearts were probably pure. If somebody doesn't explain something to you, you know, it's like dis-ease, all those little traumas get locked in there and a couple of decades go by and everything else. And everybody's angry and miserable running around spewing trauma on each other. It sounds corny but it's just true and when you stop and really think about it and look and put the efforts into healing you do understand it and then you realize that there's a better way and you start looking you know i don't see a lot of people doing it but i'm focused in the community so i see all those people doing it but when i look at it in the larger picture it's sad like most of those people won't be watching this unfortunately i wish they would i hope they do someday because the seeds get planted, people get curious, you know, everybody's suffering. And, you know, I make my videos um, after I do Bufo, where I call it In Between Worlds, where I'm talking, I'm not on the medicine, but I'm still in the medicine. And that really opened up heart space. You can tell by, you know, where my shoulders are and just, especially the people that know me, like I'm a pretty high energy person. I'm calm. Like I said, in my experience, this is, this is my natural state when I'm calm and loving. When I come back to the world, I'm, and I'm not. So I'm trying to find that balance. That's why I try to communicate on that medicine to say, hey, we are the medicine. You could choose this or another, but it's really about going into your heart and however you get there and just being a heart-centered person instead of just thinking your way through life, you know? So. Coming home, just coming back home to our hearts, yeah. to our bodies. Home is where the <laughs> it really is. Yeah, so I think we've had a lot of really juicy conversations so far. And I want to go back to one more thing, kind of towards the beginning, when you were talking about um, shadow work and kind of relating that to this integration and doing the work after we work with these medicines, or even if we're not working with these medicines, um, just like, what is shadow work? I feel like it's a phrase that's like thrown around a lot, but people may not understand exactly what that means. What I would say, just to simplify it, is the, um, you know, the deeper the darkness, the brighter the light. The things that you don't want to look at, the things, the traumas that have either have been done to you or you have done to others, buried deep under walls, under your psyche. The stuff that made you who you are and what you are, it's actually your life. That's what your shadow work is. It's the stuff that you haven't brought to light, the stuff that you stuffed down for a lifetime, the stuff that turned to disease, the stuff that's you know probably killing you. Maybe you could even call your shadow your comfort zone where people hide 
it's in that shadow because when you get into the real part, you feel it right away. It could be somebody, it's like when people tell me things that aren't truth, I'll, I'll laugh at them, especially if it's in a, you know, a, a therapeutic kind of way. The truth hurts, the shadow work hurts. It's the kind of stuff that you find out that basically you're a human being and you're suffering just like every other human being. And it's just about being honest with yourself and learning how to forgive yourself. That's what it really is. And once you do it, you're done. And then you can move on and hopefully create some new patterns of life where you're not involved in trauma type loops. And I would just say that, and this was beautiful and something that I was so grateful that the, I always wanna know why things work. I'm not gonna be able to fully explain it, but I know why it works. And it's something that was told to me years ago and I laughed at, but until the past year or so, I never practiced or knew as much as I do about Hopa Opa Ono. And uh, I just know why it works. Saying, I love you, I thank you, I'm sorry, I forgive you. Especially when you look at your own eyes in a mirror, which is mirror work, will get you into your shadow work. And especially doing that prayer, looking at yourself through yourself, standing in the field after your Bufo experience, because that's where I understood and felt Opa Opa Ono like never before. So I am grateful for all the tools, all the techniques. And until you get in and carve that darkness out, you're going to be suffering and going backwards your entire life. You're going to be okay. Everybody's got it. You just got to do it and make sure you find somebody you feel safe with. And you can do it also by yourself with or without medicine. There isn't any set rule on how to do it. You just need to do it and do it honestly and find the right way. And I think that everybody could and should do that for sure. Absolutely. And it's not always easy to do the work. It's sometimes easier to hide in those shadows and stay there. But there starts to become a different level, at least in my experience, of awareness that happens when we just rip off all the band-aids and we see how much we've been trying to cover up and hide and fix our entire lives. And for me, in my experience, most of that wasn't so much the events themselves that happened, whether I was hurt or I hurt other people, but all of the repressed emotions around those events that I had hidden. So now I'm pretty deep in my own shadow work and what's coming through is just all these emotions I didn't even know I still had. And being very, I feel very raw and vulnerable most days because I'm still very easily triggered when I'm in this state. But having the awareness, you can start to talk through, oh, okay, this made me upset. And then even if you can't trace it back, I just allow myself to be upset. And then it's easier to move through it. Like, but the, the initiating some of that shadow work can be hard because it's uncomfortable to sit with yourself and feel your emotions on a deep level. And it comes back to, like you mentioned, forgiveness with like the beautiful hope on a pono prayer. Four things. It's all that really need to be said. You know, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I've been working with that prayer. A wonderful Facebook friend of mine um, has a group and she does classes. And Oh, Angela. Yeah. Yeah. And just guess, like I went through one of her things and I was like, holy moly. Like this is amazing. It's so, it's like so simple. And I feel like sometimes my mind wants to make things really complicated and wants like this really big puzzle to solve when 
all I have to do is just forgive myself and allow myself to feel, right? The only way through things or to heal things is to move through them. And I feel like that's also what these medicines teach us um, when sometimes they do bring up things that were like, oh, I didn't know that was still there or, oh, yeah, it's just, but it's, it's all beautiful in its own way. And I like this all perfect it just doesn't feel that way <laughs> you know it is funny though actually the last bufo um i thought i was done and i was sitting just having the most amazing connection and beautiful with my brother raul and i said hey brother i think i gotta lie back down i think there's something hiding in the back let me go get that one <laughs> because i knew there's always something and I, that's exactly what i did I just wanted to know and just to get, just to let it out, just to release it all, man. Stop carrying that shit. There's no need. What we latch onto and carry, and then you realize it. It wasn't yours and you didn't need to carry it. You should have just let it go. And it's never too late to learn these things. Nope. Um, never too late. And that's a fact. And I don't care how old you are. And sadly, it should be never too young to learn some of this stuff. That as well. That's part of the problem, especially with the brother. They had just come in at an early age and been able to explain some things to some of the little brothers. It would have made a big difference, especially how they treated the sisters. You know what I mean? It's just, it's sad. These things have always been there. Like I said, the things that affect everyone in this world, the trauma, the things you see now, it just seems more commonplace because it's spoken about now, but it's been the underbelly of what sickens us all. It's sad, but... I see the movement and I don't know. I think it's all coming to where it is now. It's a, you know, like they say, World War Three is spiritual. I really believe that. I haven't heard that, but yeah, that definitely resonates with me because I can, you know, we, those of us who are more sensitive than others, it's like just not quite exactly 100% sure what it is, but you feel this energy that's just different. That's really helping to propel a lot of this healing and a lot of this like feels like this just vomit of all this stuff as a collective that we've been holding in and dealing with and in, in the, you know, face down in our own shit, so to speak. And Absolutely. it's just like all of the stuff's covered up individually, collectively, but it feels like underneath all of that, there is still, you know, the support of the universe, the support of the divine to come back to just, it's just all bringing us back to love. And Absolutely. And I will tell you that. And as you were speaking about the difficulties and still involved in your shadow work. I was just looking at you and thinking, yeah, look at all the healing you've done. And I can feel it just like you're feeling mine. And I'm nowhere near done, nor will I ever be. But that's going back and forth between us. And then that goes out and affects everybody else. So that's the contagion that I like. That's hope. That's healing. And that's love. That's coming from the heart and right through us because it's authentic and organic and that's our story, you know, and we are the medicine. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for all, everything you've shared. And I like to compare things to yoga sometimes, right? You, we call yoga a practice because it's something you're constantly developing and you can always go deeper and more advanced. And it's very similar with the nature of this work. It's not that we ever fully get done. We just reach this point where the balance seems to be tipped and we're living in more joy than we are fear and uh, yeah so is there anything else you want to share um, before we wrap up i don't know <laughs> i mean i go another couple hours change the topic we could uh, <laughs> uh 
thank you though. Thank you for your time. Yes, it has been an absolute pleasure. And thank you to anyone who has listened. Feel free to share this with others you think may benefit from it. Um, and we're gonna conclude for today. Thank you once again.